Oh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 155 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays, and we are live right now on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere. So please leave a comment, like the video, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Feel free to leave a comment. Riley and I will get to you on the way as we go. But first of all, I'm Jesse Burrell, joined as always by Riley McConnell, and Ross Atkins is alive. We've officially made our first big move of the season, signing Yariel Rodriguez to a four-year deal. We will get into that, what it means for the team going forward. And plus, we've made a bunch of other moves, and we've got a lot of fun stuff on the show here today, including going over some Blue Jays milestones, which I think is always fun as we prepare for the season's head. But first, Riley, what's up, my man? How are you? Jesse, the offseason has been really, really slow. We're finally mm-hmm. getting some traction. It's nice to see. Um, I'm... I'm pretty happy about it so far. Um, I hope that the ball keeps rolling. I'm not going to say Ross is on a roll right now, but uh, we're certainly making some some headway and some some decent um, low impact moves that will help um, not only our our uh, farm system teams but also um, our major league teams uh, or major league team I should say is being helped a little bit as well. So it's always nice to get those tool players, those nice little pieces. Uh, still waiting for a big splash, Jesse. I don't know if yep. we're gonna get one, to be honest with you. But I'm just, I'm just happy it's, it's something. Like you said, Ross Atkins is alive. So mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there, at least there's that. That's important. It's been, it's been far too long since anything's happened. And uh, you know, we're what is it, uh, January the 18th? Like we're less than a month from pitchers and catchers. So mm-hmm. clock, clock's ticking. I mean, for uh, you know, for pitchers and catchers and basically spring training then right around the corner from that. So not too much longer, um, you know, left in this off season. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yep. And let's be real. The Blue Jays still have more work to do this off season. Signing this one pitcher does not mean we are done. Remember at this point, two years ago, George Springer still hadn't signed and Marcus Semien still had not signed. So we still believe there is more work to be done for our Toronto Blue Jays. But man, without further ado, let's just get into the news of the day or the news of the week or what might even be the news of the off season so far. And that's this, Riley. That is the Blue Jays have agreed two terms with Yariel Rodriguez. And I'm trying to put it up here, but you know, technical difficulties all that good stuff. But the deal is a four-year, um, $32 million for a Cuban pitcher, Yariel Rodriguez. The scouting report here, Riley, is that he does some pretty good stuff. He's a five-pitch mi- uh, mixed pitcher. He throws a fastball that'll sit about 94, 95. He can get it upwards of 96. And the slider, Riley, is his best pitch, over 3,000 RPMs. I had a 128 stuff plus in the WBC. For reference, Riley, only two Toronto Blue Jays last year had better sliders than what Yariel Rodriguez is going to bring to the team. That was Tim Meza and Nate Pearson. Curveball, changeup, cutter, command. Throws from different arm slots. He very much is, even though he's from Cuba, he is like a Japanese-style pitcher, kind of like Yusei Kikuchi, how he kind of rocks back and forth and all that good stuff. Um, he should be a good arm. He's versatile. He started a few times in Japan, and although his numbers weren't that great, he was kind of a league average pitcher. He dominated in the 2022 season when he became a reliever, had a 115 ERA, over 60 strikeouts, over 54 and two-thirds innings pitch, uh, only allowed 32 hits, and did not allow a single home run in his time in Japan there. Um, last pitch, we saw him in the WBC for Team Cuba, and he has yet to pitch then, Riley. So what are your initial thoughts, I suppose, on Yariel Rodriguez as a Toronto Blue Jay? This guy is a really um, interesting type of pitcher. Like you said, Jesse, um, a little bit of, you know, some of the Japanese league maybe rubbing off on this guy. And I definitely don't have a problem with um, with things like his velocity numbers. And I love a pitcher mm-hmm. 
that, you know, has, you know, control over four or five different pitches coming out of that bullpen. I don't want to make the assumption that this guy's going to be a starting pitcher. I think that's still a little ways away um, to convert any other league, any other professional league, the KBO, the Cuban league, any of those leagues to convert those stats over to what it's going to take to be a successful pitcher in the MLB. Like major league baseball has the best players from those countries already. And, you know, I know I realize that he did well as a relief pitcher. And I think that's where I, I imagine that we'll see him, whether it's high leverage or, you know, probably more likely than not taking some innings in the middle, you know, of a ball game. But I, there's a lot of things to like about this guy, Jesse. And I mean, it's not, oh, like yeah. I've done, there's not a ton of research that I could do on this guy. Cause I really want, you know, before he, he hasn't pissed any major league games, right? It's hard for me to compare stats. One thing I have noticed and have seen is that his home runs per nine is is in the like if this you know I was gonna say stratosphere, but it's the opposite. It's like below sea level of of yep. uh, home yep. runs per nine. Sounds this good. Guy, you want that in your bullpen? Uh, of course, you want that in your bullpen. Um, and it seems though he has, you know, I'm gonna say he hasn't struggled with walks. But the amount of walks he kind of gave up in his in his early earlier twenties. I mean, I think he's 20, mm-hmm. 27, 26, now, 26. 26 right now. So maybe yep. around age 20, 23, 24. He was walking a you know a few guys there. So I hope you know the control can improve. Um, and then I again, it's it's are you going to strike out major league hitters again? Um, if you can basically get a good uh, good FIP. And and not give up those home runs and let the defense take care of it. Then strikeouts really don't matter. I don't think he's going to blow a ton of guys away. I like the five pitch pitch mix, but then mm-hmm. again, a fastball sitting at ninety five isn't elite stuff as far as a relief pitcher goes. Because again, it would be nice to have a starting pitcher. We are so we have four guys already in our rotation. We are so uncertain about that fifth spot, and you know to throw some comps out. Um, we saw Cody Sanga come into Major League Baseball. And yep, he was good to the match. Yep. Hideo Nomo going back, you know, decades, um, absolutely dominated for the Dodgers early on. I don't think this guy's going to be quite to their level, um, but he's definitely going to uh, provide a great role for this team and possibly move in um, to a starting role. I mean, you say Kikuchi on the last year of his contract, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bassett kind of getting up there in age. Like there's there's really room to grow with this Toronto Blue Jays club for him. I think a four-year contract, eight million a year. Uh, I mean, as far as we have the money to put in, okay, we've made yes. that very clear. So if we were the highest bidder, it's not our money, that, Riley. So <laughs> no, I, hey, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not our money. That's the that's the principle is, you know, we our show hey money is now being put into other places. Eight dollars or eight million a year seems like eight, eight, eight million a year seems like eight dollars to the Shohei contract. But hey, yeah, we we got something. We're gonna have an, an arm that's probably going to do more good than bad. We hope. Um, yeah, I really like the the lack of the long ball coming off of his pitches, but I do think you know the whip. You know, looking at his um his stats pages and stuff, you know, can get into trouble. Um with the walks occasionally and give up a few hits. But hey, since he was a relief pitcher in Japan, his latest work shows that he has done very good. I don't remember mm-hmm. watching a, a ton of Cuba play 
um, in the World Baseball Classic, so I can't really comment on his performance for Team Cuba. But I like what I see. I wouldn't put the world on his shoulders, I can tell you that. But um, this guy could be a very impactful piece to this Blue Jays bullpen in 2024. Now, Riley, lucky for you, I have some video clips of him pitching for Cuba in the World Baseball Classic, and I'm going to try to put them up on screen here now, and uh, we'll play it. This is just a little video montage. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it of just his slider, and look at some of the swings you should be able to get on Yariel Rodriguez's slider here. As you can see, you can see his pitching stance too, very big um, from Japan with the big leg kick, the kind of pause in the middle. He does come from two different arm slots as well, which uh, which we've seen in big leagues. Nestor Cortez of the Yankees does this quite a bit, and we've seen it be very effective and like just look at some of the swings and misses he can get on that slider it looks really nice and Riley I know you're concerned about the walks and something that might come from him but we've had guys like Jordan Hicks who have walk problems before Jason Greeley who pitched here who have good stuff really good sliders um, but ultimately have turned into really good relievers my question is Riley and the Blue Jays have done this a lot in the past is do we try to go out and make him a full-time starter or do like, do we just say, hey, look, your fastball slider combination is very good. You could be an elite closer in this league. Why don't we mess with that? Because we've seen this in the past, right? Like Nate Pearson, who fastball curveball combo was dynamite. The Blue Jays chose to leave him as a starter and probably for too long, to be honest. And you could go back to even guys like Aaron Sanchez. He was a lights out setup man for the Blue Jays in those 15 playoff runs. And then we put him into the rotation and mixed results. So um, Riley, I think you're leaning towards the bullpen side, but can you see a path where this really sticks for him as a starter? Yeah, I, I could definitely see see a path. First of all, those those hitters from Australia, those takes there, <laughs> those are those are what I call 420 foot takes. Um, I'm not going to say those pitches were hanging, but if you get a good, let's take this Yankees team for instance, when you got to face a a Judge and in a, a Soto back to back, those pitches might get you know might get hit. Um, hard. I'm not going to say they're going to get hit out, but, um, and also if he can't control them, big league eyes as well will take those pitches. Those, those look really good. His stuff looks, looks great. I hope the command can, can follow it. But I mean, Jesse, it's going to come down to spring training. He's going to get a great look at spring train in spring training. There's no question about that, that there's going to be a lot. The coaching staff to management are going to have eyes on him with every pitch that he throws in spring training. And there, there is, as you say, uh, a, a non-zero chance for him to be a starting pitcher for the Blue Jays. But the likelihood of that to start this campaign, I think, is is you know less probable than than that he will start. But I do think that there is a spot right off the bat on the major league roster if he can, if he basically doesn't fall apart within the first month of him pitching for the club. I think that we're going to be okay. But for eight million dollars a year. Uh, we hope that he, you know, he can hack it. I mean, four years is a decent deal to be attached to. And you, with this deal, you hope that he gets better with age. You said he's 26. That's great. That's a contract that expires at age 31. And there's a lot that he can do in those, in those four years. And if, if you can look back and say that a year and a half of those numbers were in relief and two and a half years were as a starter and he managed to get, 10th place MVP vote or 10th place Cy Young votes um, at the back end of that deal. That's something that looks great, Jesse. That's something that we can go, wow, we went out and took a flyer on this guy that's, you know, been an international, I won't say sensation, but an international all-star type pitcher. And we made him into a major league 
borderline all-star pitcher. That's what we're looking at. That's why the weight of the world for him is, is not on his shoulders. Um, he's going to provide us with a role. I think the $8 million comes from we needed to spend money somewhere. If there was any sort of bidding war for this guy, we wanted to make sure it was a lock. Jesse, we know this. You can never have enough pitching, especially mm -hmm. if there's the potential for him to be a start starting pitcher with some guys coming off the books within a year, two, or even three with him on a four-year contract. I really like this. I think that he's got the tools and makings of a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. I just think – it's not a guy that should go out there and get shelled first thing. Let's make this guy feel comfortable. Let's get him, you know, prepped for pitching in Major League Baseball. And if that uh, calls for him pitching in relief, you know, at the first part of the year or the first season or even the even year two, um, right up until the, the All-Star break or whatever it's going to take, let this guy feel comfortable because it's something that we can, you know, you this guy's a toolsy guy and we can really use a pitcher like this to our advantage. And yeah, that's what it's going to come down to here too, is uh, how well does he look? Does he go into spring training? Does he look like he can dominate and get big league hitters out? Because if he can do that, and there is, say, look, Alec Manoa is no lock to be a good pitcher this year. There is a chance Barrios or Kikuchi regress a touch, even though I, I don't think that's true. And look, the Blue Jays starting rotation stayed perfectly healthy last year. If I'm a betting man, I'm betting that that is not happening again this season. So I really do like that the Blue Jays did get some starting pitching depth and a guy that can come in here and be a starter and not only give you league average innings could be in that range of that all-star-ish level. I'm a fan of this move. Um, some comps, because I know we love comps on this show. Um, if he stays as a reliever, some people have linked him to Pete Fairbanks out of Tampa Bay or Sir Anthony Dominguez out of Philly, both guys who have been in high leverage situations and have been like getting dominant outs in the playoffs. I think that's fine for $8 million a year if that's what we get. And as a starter, he could be a guy like Robert Suarez in Philly or even Christian Javier, who I think we saw throw a no-hitter in the uh, Houston for the World Series once. So if he's anywhere close to that type of pitcher, I think the Blue Jays got a steal here for $8 million. So I think overall, Riley, we're fans of the Ariel Rodriguez uh, signing, but there's still more work to do. My next question for you, Riley, is where does the fallout happen here? What happens now? And I guess I've got a few options for you here, and I want to get your take on it. Well, all three of them here. The first one is, A, does this mean we are now going to trade another one of our starting pitchers in order to get help on offense because the Blue Jays still need a lot more offense? Two, does this mean that Trevor Richards or Mitch White are going to be DFA'd or likely on the move because they're probably on the back end of the roster here now. And do you think this takes us out of the starting pitching market for the rest of the offseason? Because there were some rumors the Blue Jays might be interested in Blake Snell. Um, those three things, Riley, give me your thoughts on those. I'll hit you with the best case scenario. Uh, maybe Kiermaier can talk to former teammate Blake Snell. We'd have Gossman, mm -hmm. Snell. Um, we'd have Barrios. We'd have Bassett. We'd have Kikuchi. There's five starting pitchers right now. We wouldn't have to worry about Rodriguez. Yeah, and then this Manoa is, as well. This is a, we don't know. And I don't want to draw any conclusions on Manoa. I don't even really want to talk about him. I know there's, <laughs> until I see what's going on, because it's so hard. I mean, Jesse, he abandoned this team, his family, mm -hmm. the team that drafted him, the, the, the fans that gave him so much love in his in his uh, second or, why would he finish second or third in signing? I don't even know, because it feels like forever ago. feels like a different player completely. Jesse, I don't know what we're going to get out of him, man. For me, I know there's a ton of value. Like, we have Go Gosman irreplaceable for us right now. I know we think that there's going to be some regression in this game, but it's not going to hit us that bad. I think Barrios is on the up. I think what Kikuchi – Kikuchi is one of the craftiest lefties in baseball. I think he is another – talk about a weapon piece. 
and a comeback player. You say Kikuchi deserves a spot in the rotation. And then a guy like Chris Bassett is the innings-eating type guy that this Blue Jays team needs. He's the yeah, fine but- line of starting pitchers right now. We can't we can't afford to get rid of him. I would rather grab from our prospect pool because we're okay. in win now mode. I would I want to grab a prospect or two to 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 bump before we get rid of starting pitching. We, we I know that that's I like need, that. I, I know we need help on offense, Jesse. That's like it's pretty damn clear <clears throat> that we need another bat in this in this lineup. But we're right now we're beating teams, you know, three to two, or we're losing two to one. Uh, it seems right now, man, with the way that this team is structured, it's the way this team is is looking right now. But I really don't want to dig into the starting pitching depth we have. Let these contracts roll out. All four of our, you know, the starters I was talking about. I and I, again, I really, I know it's our due, it's our due diligence and our job to talk about Alec Manoa. But it is so hard, it's so hard to predict what he's going to do, what kind of role he's going to have for this team. If if you had to say, Riley, you have to have him on this team. I'd say, all right, well, like Bassett, Bassett's getting hit around. It's the fifth inning, like warm up Manoa. Let's see what he can do. The game's six to two. You know, we're down four runs. Put Manoa in, see what's going to happen. Like I'm not going walking out on and saying, okay, you know, Manoa, you were our opening day starter, you know, whatever year, like your fifth starter this year. You didn't see much in spring training. Like, no, there's got to be eyes on our pitchers that are not proven. Rodriguez, one of those guys, a huge question mark, but in a good way. I think we're kind of open arms with this guy and not open arms for Alec Manoa. It's like, it's like, you know, basically you got to show up, man. Like you've yeah. got to show up. For we this we don't need to spend any more time on Alec Manoa. We got a lot more time. We got a lot more to get to in this episode. We will talk about Alec Manoa closer to uh, spring training. Uh, my only thought to come out of this, Riley, is this might just put an end to maybe Jay Jackson coming back with the team because simply there is just no room to guarantee him a spot on the major league roster um, with the signing of Yariel Rodriguez. Riley, I just want to go through his projections and we can move on to something else here. But uh, his Zips projections have him for 51 innings pitch, 20 walks, 54 strikeouts uh, to a 3.83 ERA. Riley, where do you fall on that projection for Yariel Rodriguez? What's the walk and hits per nine? Because I love a good whip. Have the whip? Uh, I don't have his whip, but I know he's going to walk 20 batters over his 51 and two thirds. That's all I got. 0.5 war. Probably going to be middle of life. He might make six starts, Riley. If I were to give you the over-under of six for starts for uh, Yariel Rodriguez, where would you go on that? Um, I'm, I'm Jesse, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, with those numbers and those statistics, man. Like he's, he's going to do, he's going to do fine for us. Honestly, he's going to do fine for us. Okay. I think so too. I think we're satisfied with the move and we are glad Ross Atkins is doing something. But Riley, the moves do not stop there as we made a minor league deal for a right-handed pitcher, Alan Zhang Carter, to a minor league deal. And I'll give you the scouting report on this. He had a 177 ERA in 14 uh, appearances for the single A Angels in 2023. We signed him to a minor league deal. He is 26 years old. So 26 and high A doesn't really scream major prospect. Um, He strikes out a lot of guys, but he also walks a ton of guys. Now the Blue Jays have had success with this type of pitcher. Think Robbie Ray, think Nate Pearson, the guys who have great stuff, but they've been able to control it a little bit. Um, he pitched for Team China in the World Baseball Classic last year, and he signs a minor league um, deal with the Toronto Blue Jays here. And just like Yario Rodriguez, I have a clip on him, which I'm going to show up here in just a second if you stay uh, things. But I really like Riley taking these pitchers from the Angels because if there's one thing we know is that the Angels aren't really the best at developing pitching prospects. And I always like to take a guy like this here. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. This is him at Tread Athletics. This is the delivery. You can see it's kind of hunky. 
It's kind of funky. You can see that fastball kind of coming in right at you here from Alan Zhang Carter. He looks like he's got some good stuff, 26 years old. This is a guy I'd imagine will likely start in double A, might make his way up a little bit further here. But I like the move. I always like good pitching depth. And you know me, I'm a sucker for upside, Riley. So give us your take on Alan Zhang Carter, a name to know in the system. I really, hey, I really like the, that arm slot. I think, you know, basically, for, I'm, not, I'm not a pitching expert, but as a hitter, I'm trying to picture myself in the batter's box. Like, if he could incorporate, you know, maybe play off, um, get it like a four-pitch mix as well, add a two-seam and a change-up to whatever he's got, um, I think those are pretty pretty, pretty deadly to play off that the fastball because it is a, it is a deceiving arm slot. Um, I like that. Kind of short, short arms it, but has, you know, an explosive delivery. That now, Jesse, I'll take a Billy Bean quote and say basically, 26, oh, yes. 26 single A, no way. They say that when it's, you know, basically, I think at the trade deadline 2002 uh, part in the movie. But um, yeah, is this guy going to be a, you know, he's got a ways to go. You know, as a 26 year old, not in triple A, um, you're still a far ways away. And there's, hey, he could, there's no saying that he couldn't be in triple A by the end of the year. In fact, um, with a guy like this, you bump them up if they have moderate success at single A. I mean, you possibly could. It depends how our our management, how our coaching staff use these players. I think that it's a good tool. But then again, like, we, we just got a hold of this guy. What can he do for us? I think that he's going to be a fine addition to our minor league club. You know, mm -hmm. maybe maybe in about 128 episodes or whatever, we'll be talking about this guy um, coming out of the bullpen for us. But it's a ways away. Uh, but I do like we we have done a good job in as an organization to bring on these pitchers and a minor league deal. Absolutely nothing wrong with this. We need good pitching depth. You could never have enough pitching, Jesse. Amen. And that's what it is. Uh, keep an eye on this guy. He'll be with the team at spring training. I know I will be following his minor league stats line uh, very closely just because I love strikeout potential. If he can get those walks down, he could be a guy. And even if he doesn't make the big leagues, a guy we can trade in the future. Um, Riley, we've got a lot to get to. And it's, it kind of feels weird with how slow this offseason has been that we've got a very busy uh, time going on. But the Blue Jays did just sign a bunch of international prospects and the Blue Jays have done really well in this amateur draft. The scouts the Blue Jays have in Central America, in Venezuela, in the Dominican Republic have always been very good. In fact, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came from this group of people. Alejandro Kirk came from this group uh, and some prospects we currently have like Aurelvis Martinez and um, uh, Manuel Beltre have been international signings. And I'll bring up the list of what we have here. There are 17 names on this list. There is not a chance that I go through and name all of them, but I picked out five that I thought really could be good names to know here. And the five that I got that MLB Pipeline um, really wanted to point out was Franklin Rojas, who is a catcher from Venezuela, um, Angel Guzman, who is the shortstop from the Dominican Republic, Andres Arias, who is an outfielder from the DR, and then two other ones, um, Pascal Archulia, who is an outfielder from the Dominican Republic, and uh, Warlin Soto, an infielder from the DR. Most of these kids are young. They're very 16, 17. Some of these kids have been scouted um, from as soon as they were... 13 years old, I'd say, on a minor league deal. But um, keep a name on these guys. They're going to be locked away. They're going to be down in the farm system. But these are all names that Blue Jays fans should really know. And if you want to dream on the future, these are some names here. So, Riley, any of these catch your attention? Yeah, Jesse, I'd be lying to you if, if I said I did my homework on, on <laughs> these guys. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, like, uh, any anything can happen, man. Um, 
I will say this about the Toronto Blue Jays, something I really like about our organization. And as a Blue Jays fan, Jesse, you said it, you said some bigger names as far as Vlad Jr. And Manuel Beltre actually is a good minor league middle infielder as well. I bet you didn't think I knew him, but I actually do. Thank you, MLB The Show. And then a couple of the minor league baseball reference looks here and there. We have great international prospects in our organization. This is a plethora of names. And the more names that you add to the organization, I mean, they're all wild cards. And maybe one, heck, maybe two or three of these guys pan out as future major leaguers. So, I mean, we're... We're really putting our eggs in many baskets, and I I really, really like it. We're in a time now in Major League Baseball where we're seeing these young, you know, uh, players, international players from the Dominican, Cuba, uh, Japan. Like, international players are, are taking over the league in a lot of ways. So you need to have good international scouts. You need to have good international signings. It's going to make you – a better a better organization you know the amateur draft is great and a lot of great players come from that as well but the jays really have a a great handle on how they have gone about signing these international players and i i see a list of 17 like you just showed us there jesse and i just kind of rub my hands together and go that's fantastic because i i expect one or two of these guys you know it uh, at least um, to play a major, maybe not for the Blue Jays, one or two guys going to play at least, um, you know, an inning of Major League Baseball at some points in their career. Yeah, I'm just going to read you a quick scouting report on these guys. Um, Franklin Rojas was MLB Pipeline's 27th ranked prospect. So these aren't the top of the top of the name guys that the Blue Jays have been in on years past. Um, we did actually lose $500,000 of international bonus pool money because we signed Chris Bassett last offseason. So part of that rule was the Mets get some of our money. So the Blue Jays are kind of more searching for tools here. But Rojas, catcher, quick and agile, moves well. He's probably big above average runner um, behind the dish. He shows signs of being a solid runner with a decent game calling ability as a hitter. He's got an aggressive swing, looks to do power. It might be power over contact, but good bat speed, yada, yada. We've seen that type of player before. Guzman is a um, left-handed hitting uh, shortstop. Um, Geraldo Perdomo of Arizona was kind of the comp for him. So I think if that turns out to a big, uh, big thing, that could be well. Um, Mike Timmons, the Blue Jays scout, has really talked up Andres Arias, who is the outfielder. He was 34th on the big board. Um, he's young. He's 17, but he uses a compact downplane stroke to make hard contact to all fields. Might be a corner outfielder at a position because of his size and strength, but he has uh, a lot of offensive growth in there. So remember that name. And uh, Pascal Archilia, left-handed swing, good infielder. That's all I got. And Warlin Soto, I just want to bring him up because he might not be Juan Soto, but he's WU. A Soto. Um, I'm not saying he's going to turn into Juan Soto as well. He's probably even the next tier down in all these prospects, but he's got gap power and a short swing. Um, just guys you should know. Baseball players, tools. Yes. Amen. Yep. The sky, Love I it. won't say the sky's the ceiling, but there are some potentials. And baseball is one of the you never know kind of um, major league sports uh, because there's so many different levels and you can progress you know, quickly, if you're successful at one of those levels. All right, Riley, I do want to talk about one more transaction that the Toronto Blue Jays made, and albeit be minor, we got to talk about all because it will have some effect on the big league's roster this year. And we've came to another catcher, Riley, that is Brian Servin off waivers from the Chicago Cubs, who did spend some big league time in the uh, Colorado Rockies organization. Scouting report on him. Don't look up his stats. They're terrible. He cannot hit <laughs> at all. Worth a lick. 
Um, but his uh, claim to fame is his uh, calling ability. I think he was top five each of the last two years in called strikes above average. So he's just really good at getting those borderline pitches for strikes, which I think on a third string catcher, that's all you want. But Riley, I want to bring up a tweet that you made on this initial thing. It came through. And uh, when the roster move was claimed that he said here, you said, I love a third string catcher as much as the next guy, but another big bat added to the lineup would also be cool. And I think I agree with you. I think Blue Jays fans everywhere agree with you. Um, he's probably in the Tyler Heineman role. He'll start in Buffalo. He'll be good for the pitchers down there. But uh, yeah, how, how have your thoughts changed at all about Brian Servin joining the team? My thoughts have not changed one bit. Uh, former, I, I don't know what round he was taken in former Rockies pick. Um, this, yeah, Tyler Heineman, um, Rob Brantley, um, Riley Adams type player. Yep. Although he might mm-hmm. have a, he might have a worse bat than, you know, the three of those guys. He's going to be the same. Like, like you said, Jesse, he's going to be the caller in AAA. He's probably going to hit ninth in that lineup. And he's probably going to get a ton of innings behind the dish. You hope that um, our two guys in the major leagues stay healthy and that we don't have to see him take too many at bats because there's a possibility, right? And we've seen we, the Jays have had a lot of catchers that cannot hit Josh Tolley, Jose Molina, yep. just to name yep. a few. Going, going <laughs> Greg Zahn even wasn't much of a hitter. Like, yeah, there, but there were some years where, where former Blue Jays backup and maybe even a starter at one point, there was a point where Greg Myers mashed in. Oh, in, yeah, John in, Buck in, as well. If we're going to name some guys, I think he was an all star, John Buck. He was, yeah, 20 Anyways, home run hitter as a catcher. Yeah, good for him. Anyways. To stay back on topic, though, yeah, waiver claim, whatever. We didn't have to give up anything to take this guy. Um, it, it, it fell into our laps. If we were looking for a third-string catcher, boom, on waivers, we take him into our organization because we needed. Eventually, we knew, Jesse, between, you and I knew that we were going to get a third catcher at some point. Yes. So yep. here, here he is. I mean, the, you know, yeah, Not the out. sexiest yeah. name, is he? No, far from. But yeah, the, what I meant from the tweet was like, I, I see a Blue Jays, you know, tweet uh, and, you know, update breaking like, oh, my God, what's going on here? I mean, yep. I, I serve and, uh, you know, claimed off waivers like, ah, man, like I would have loved to seen like a big name on it. But it's like, hey, it's an organizational move. Um, like I said back about 20 minutes ago, I just hope there's more to come. Absolutely. And look, the Blue Jays have a lot of catching options all of a sudden with uh, Jansen Varsho. Um, we signed Taylor Clark to a minor league deal. I think that was his name with an invitation to spring training earlier this year. IKF in- as well. Yeah. If you include IKF or Dalton Varsho or even Zach Britton, who made his way to Buffalo, who's a catcher slash outfielder prospect, uh, don't be surprised if maybe the Blue Jays trade for MJ Melendez just so we can have all the guys uh, who are catchers slash outfielders or something on the team. Either way, it's a guy to know. We'll see him in spring. He'll probably get up for a cup of coffee or something. Maybe he has a Zach Collins-esque run in him where he comes in and he hits three home runs and he's he's better. Or at least hopefully he's better than what Paul DeYoung was for the Blue Jays last year. And if that's the case, then that will be a win. Um, Riley, I'm going to move on to some news and notes here. And there's a lot of a smorgasbord full of stuff that happened in Blue Jays land this past week. And I want to start with MLB.com is coming out with their list of their top 10 players at each position. Now, I'm on record saying these lists are bad on purpose. And there's a lot of people who are out there just posting these lists. People who don't know 
shit about baseball, to be honest, and they're going out there. Um, but I just wanted to get your initial thoughts, and I guess I'll read them all here off first. Um, in first baseman, they had Vladdy as the fifth best first baseman in big leagues, um, behind Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper, Matt Olson, Pete Alonso. Do you agree with that, or do you think it should be higher or lower on that list? Ooh, I mean, who's right behind him is the question. That might it's yeah. So Yandy Diaz is behind him. Yeah, Yandy Diaz is behind like, him. There were that, a few others too. There might that might be a gifty five or a Blue Jays channel. I won't bash him. At his best, sure, five. At his best, maybe even three. But if we're going off recent, which I love to go off the most recent, it's hard to gauge a player's value going into the year. But I think that we'll take fifth. We'll stay at that mark. Because if Vlad plays like the fifth best first baseman in Major League Baseball, we're going to get a way better year than last year because I can tell you he was not the fifth best first baseman just going off last year. Yeah, I agree. Paul Goldschmidt was behind him. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, Christian Walker, Tristan Casas were all other names that uh, made that first base list. Um, in terms of the outfield, Riley, they put George Springer seventh ahead of Teoscar Hernandez, who is eighth, behind names like Seiya Suzuki of the Cubs. And then the other names make a lot of sense. Fernando Tatis Jr., Corbin Carroll, Juan Soto, Kyle Tucker, and Ronald Acuna. Um, Springer at seventh surprised me because I know I am for sure. We're kind of thinking a down year for George Springer, even further down than what he had last year. Um, where do you think he should fall here on this list? Like maybe just rounding out the top 10. I mean, it's a yeah. tough one. It's, it's a Adolis tough Garcia one. Garcia should be higher, you know? Oh, heck yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Right field is a power position where George Springer is not a right fielder. He is now with the Blue Jays. But I mean, um, a lot of these guys, hey, Tay Oscar had like 200 something strikeouts last year. Um, to have him one spot lower than Springer, I think is a little little crazy. He doesn't have the power that a lot of these corner fielders have. And I think that's a big, big thing to consider making these lists is go, you know, the same with Flatty on first base, you know, how much does defense overtake, you know, the offense? I mean, defense, defense wins championships. I say, you know, it's great to have not in baseball though. It doesn't win you a ton of championships, the long ball RBIs and on base does. And then we have two more. We have our shortstop and our catcher position at shortstop Riley. They had Boba Shett ranked sixth. Now, I feel like we didn't have a disagreement on that. Uh, the five names ahead of him, Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner. And the name is just behind him, Carlos Correa, Willie Adamas, Bobby Witt Jr., and J.P. Crawford. Where would you rank Boba Shett on this list? Because I bet you it's higher than sixth. So I'm going to say like right off there, um, Trey Turner is ahead of him. Dansby probably is not. Seager's got to be Seager after last year is 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 got to be. Heck, yeah. he didn't even play a full year last year, but he still got MVP votes. Bo is a top. This says, and and it should be unanimous. Uh, Bo is a top five shortstop in Major League Baseball. If he doesn't crack the top three, I'm okay with it. Shortstop is a premium position, and look at those. And maybe you put him ahead of Xander because um, yeah, Xander's you know, the one that's got to fall. Uh, yeah, but he's still. I mean, if you look at the team Sander Bogarts has been on, the guy, the guy gets on base. He scores a ton of runs. Uh, he's. I don't know. Bo has improved drastically defensively, and Xander Bogarts was never the best defensive shortstop. So maybe, maybe Bo's top four. But I mean, six. It's you know, it's close enough. But if we're being really nitty gritty, then we're gonna put Bo four on our list. 
And then we have um, another one from behind the plates where we go all um, a catcher and uh, Riley. Danny Jansen is not on this list, so I know we have a problem with it already. But um, Alejandro Kirk came seventh ahead of names like Gabriel Moreno, Cal Riley, and Yaner Diaz. I'd probably put all three of those guys ahead of Alejandro Kirk. And then behind both Contreras brothers, JT Rimuto, Will Smith, Adley Rutschman, and Sean Murphy. Um, does Alejandro Kirk make your top 10 catchers in Major League Baseball, Riley? I remember seeing this, I think, on Instagram mm-hmm. when MLB posted this, and people were going nuts. People <laughs> yeah. were the, the justice for Cal Riley. I mean, I, first of all, thank you for those who comment on our videos because we have a very healthy following, a very healthy community. I really like that. I don't like to comment on other things because it's so toxic out there so people who listen <laughs> the internet's a wild place in the guy the internet sucks so thank you for staying <laughs> with us thank you for the positivity on this channel because i can't deal with what people have to say i get it yeah justice for cal raleigh i'd put cal raleigh ahead of of kirk but my my grief is like i do not think that kirk is a top 10 catcher in baseball i think danny jansen comes in at number eight or nine I'll, I said it once, I'll say it a thousand more times. I think Danny Jansen's one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball. It's hard to put him in the top 10 because he's never played a full season, mm-hmm. but he should. And, and and the numbers will back that up. I mean, if a healthy Danny Jansen with a different trajectory, a different road, he might be considered a top three catcher in Major League Baseball, but you just can't say these things. We look at all the games that Kirk's played. Like you said, he has five good weeks um, in his big league career. Yeah, just Kirk ain't it, man, and he's gonna he's gonna get the start behind the dish on opening day, and uh, we'll see from there. Speaking of people who can say anything they want on the internet, this is uh, one of our comments to our Facebook page. This is from Mark Schmidt, who just simply wants us to trade Vlad. So you know, people can just go on the internet and say whatever they want. There's an example, but uh, thank you for the viewership, Mark, and uh, we'll keep it coming there. All right. Next piece of news and notes, Riley, is that um, MLB Pipeline has just come out with their list of top 100 prospects for this season. No surprise, our top two are Ricky Tiedemann, who comes in at number 27, and Orelvis Martinez, who does make the top 100, coming in at number 90 for this list. In fact, MLB Pipeline went through and ranked their individual pitches, top like 100 single pitches, and both Ricky Tiedemann's fastball and slider appeared on that list. Should be no surprise there. Uh, but as we get closer into spring training, Brandon Barriera has already reported. He threw up a video on Instagram of him throwing at the complex. And Yusei Kikuchi has already been in Dunedin as well. And if you're a fan of the old hockey slogan, first one on the ice, last one to leave, then you got to love that these guys are already in spring training, ready to go. And um, yeah, pitchers and catchers have officially been announced to date. So the first practice will be February 15th with the rest of the team coming later on the 22nd of February. It'll be here before you know it. Riley, any thoughts on any of those? I love that Yusei Kikuchi is down there. I know Barrier is young, and he was, you know, he's a first-round pick. Um, I love that Kikuchi's down there right now and wants to prepare himself for the season. Our starting mm-hmm. pitching is very, very good, and I, I like. I it's hard to say which pitchers are going to have a better season, which pitchers are going to, you know, take a step back. But Yusei Kikuchi has just set him up set himself up for success. If he's already down there training, throwing, I, I love to see it because you could, I would consider him the four starter on this team. And like, is he going to pitch like an ACE? Like there is a possibility that he pitches like an ACE in spring training. And we just go, wow, like this, this, this guy's really picked it up as a most improved player. You know, a couple we will be looking at a couple years removed from a bad year. 
And then we'll look at him at the start of the year and go like, this guy has a chance to get like, you know, top 10 uh, Cy Young votes. He really, really does. If he can zero in on what he needs to improve on and, you know, basically and in, like his pitch mix and as being a good fastball throw. And you want to talk about Tiedemann too. Talk about a lefty with a good slider, good fastball. I mean, that's a recipe for success right there. I, I, I we haven't talked about Ricky Tiedemann, you know, up until this point in the episode, but um, there's and another later in the off season. Yeah. There's a, there's a great starting pitching option as well. Personally, I don't know if he should start on the major league team to start, to start the season, but you know, it, it could happen. Crazier things have happened. And um, yeah, we got, we got a lot of good pitchers in this organization. I think better pitching depth than people realize. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of uh, roster, what kind of uh, depth chart they, they decide to go with come the regular season. All right, and I got two more pieces of notes, Riley, before we move on. First one is Jose Bautista has actually bought a soccer team. He is coach of, I think it's the Las Vegas Lightning or something like that. I could have the name wrong, but he is the coach of a Las Vegas soccer team. So that's what Jose Bautista is doing post-playing career. So good luck for him. And uh, remember earlier in the offseason, Riley, when Cody Bellinger's girlfriend just posted a Twitter or an Instagram video of the Toronto skyline, and we went and reacted to that. I'd like to think we're above that on this channel, but we absolutely are not because I have another um, video here. This comes from Willie Adamas's Instagram page, and it is just him staring out the window. And as you'll see, he's wearing a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater. So Willie Adamas, who I believe comes from either Dominican or Venezuela, probably isn't the biggest hockey fan and is wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey at this um does this mean anything, Riley, or do you think he just went thrifting, found a nice shirt he likes, and threw it on the Instagram? That yeah, thrifting. That looks like a shirt that has been around since 2002, just based off the font <laughs> and how it looks. That looks like that looks like a basement shirt right there. That looks like it smells like so many barbecues and so many light beers. Um, I don't know what what the Adamas post is. I don't even know what it's what it's captioned. I don't know if this is a coincidence. Um, do we need Willie Adamas? I mean. I don't think so. He's not. Yeah, the but kind he helped of... provide a thump, right? Sure. I bat. mean, yeah, I want a thump that's 45 home runs. I mean, not 45 whatevers. I like, <laughs> he, we won't get four. He might walk 45 times for us in a season, and I don't want that. Like, it, sure. I mean, have your cool Instagram post. If, if it doesn't, like, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means, Jesse. I'm trying not to read into things like this. Like, I'm wearing a Blue Jays cap right now. He's wearing a Blue Jays shirt. Like, you know, you actually have the best um, thread out of any of us with that um, Vancouver cap on. You know, shout mm-hmm. out to our, to our um, uh, what is it, uh, single A team, right? Vancouver Canadians, yep. Yeah, so. Maybe, I- maybe, Willie, maybe Willie Adamas can sign there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's give him a minor league deal. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> no, it sure wouldn't. I'm sure it means nothing. But it's just whenever you see something like this trickle across the line, you know, it just makes you think just a little bit. All right, Riley. Well, we got about 20 minutes left in our episode here, and I thought as we get close to the season, we start going into season projections and trying to see of what storylines we can watch for this year. And one of the always big things we get to every year is players go through their milestones. And I thought you and I could kind of look at some potential milestones that the Toronto Blue Jays could accumulate to this year. And I got about nine of them that I think there's a chance the Blue Jays get to it. And I thought, yeah, let's take a stab at the dark here if we think the Blue Jays can get to this number this year. And I'll start with the first one here, Riley. Coming into this season, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has 404 career RBIs. Does he get to 500 RBIs this season? 
I certainly hope so. I, I'm hoping a, a hitter like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should put up 100 RBIs in a season. That is that is the minimum for a middle-of-the-order hitter like that. He, he almost has to at this point. So I'm going to say he does it. And I think I think 96 RBIs is great. I would like to see him get 110 RBIs personally. I think that would be a great bounce back year. So I'll say I'll say that yes, he'll make uh, make that milestone. I think so too. He's going to have to stay healthy again. I think he only had 94 or so last year, so he's going to have to have a better offensive season than he did last year. Um, but if anyone can do it on the team. I bet you it is going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr., so we are on board with that. Riley, the next one here, George Springer has 86 career stolen bases in the season. Does he get to 100? And I bring that up because he is now in his mid-30s, but he is coming off a 20 stolen base season, so uh, it could go either way, Riley. Do you think George Springer hits that 100 stolen base mark this season? So that would require him to steal 14 bases. The pitch clock, you know, rule and the bases and everything like that. I think it's achievable, but I'm going to go and say, because I I think I've, I don't know if I voted on this one or not, because we do have some of them up on our Twitter yeah. page. I'm going to go no, but I'm going to say that he's he's not too far off that, that mark. But I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he has, you know, about 11 or 12, and he just misses out on that um, on that mark. Yeah, I'd say so too with George Springer. Um, we did ask our Twitter folks, and um, seventy-five percent of them agreed with you, Riley. They said no, that they don't think he's going to get there. But it is a close call. If he, you know, stolen bases are up all across Major League Baseball, George Springer could happen to have that with him as well. Um, Riley, I got a few more here. Going on to the next one, and this one is Danny Jansen, one of our guys, Riley. This one's a little bit of a stretch, but I thought let's get a temperature check and just see how high we are on Danny Jansen this year, Riley. He's got sixty-five career home runs. Does he get a hundred? Which is a lot because that's a thirty-five home run season for Danny Johnson. <laughs> but, uh, if, oh my god! You should have saved that one for the finale. I don't. You must have. Mm-hmm. Some, I don't know if there's a spicier one than this. Wow. Okay. I hate this. I hate to say no, but I'm gonna say no. Jansen does. Thirty-five is a big number. Yeah. For a guy who's if 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 we trade if we trade Kirk for another bat, I'm gonna say sure, and he might end up with 33 if he's if he's the uncontested starting catcher. Gonna say no, he does not. Let's just go as far as saying this, Jesse. I really hope he puts up a 20 spot in a 25 home run season for Jan- Danny Jansen, um, with less than 140 games played, will look phenomenal. On, on on his line. And I think that we're in for a great year of Danny Jansen. I just don't think it's going to be a 35 home run year for him. Danny Jansen has never hit more than 17 in a season. So taking yeah. the leap to 35. Why, Jesse? Because he doesn't freaking, he's not an everyday player, man. It drives me insane. It, it drives me insane. We got to go into time machine and change this organization and make Danny Jansen play 145 games a season and look at what will happen. I don't know what will happen, but with a different outcome, I can tell you that. For what it's worth, um, Danny, uh, baseball reference does have Danny Jansen's 162 game pace at 26 home runs. So he's probably two seasons away from beating this record, but just thought it'd be a little fun to get a temperature check on Danny Jansen. This next player, Riley. All right, this next one, Riley, is also a player to get to 100 home runs, but they are currently a little closer. And that's newly re signed Kevin Kiermeyer, who is currently at 90 career home runs. Riley, does he get the 10 needed to hit 100 home runs this year? 
Do we know how many he hit last year? I think it was seven, but I'm about to get that checked. Okay. I'm going to say that it's going to be eight. pretty. He hit eight uh, last year. It's going to be pretty damn close. I'm going to say, Jesse, I'm going to say, yes, he does. And I think it's just going to be okay. getting, you know, maybe pitches he didn't hit out last year. I, th- I think I voted yes for this on our, on our poll because I think 10 home runs for any player is achievable. Any player, man, those are 10 missed pitches that you hit over the wall. Those are missed opportunities. I think maybe Kiermaier, it's not a m- measure of how much he's a power hitter, but I think these are pitches that will be missed. I think he'll get lucky, and I think maybe he'll hit home run number 100. That would be nice. Um, he hasn't hit double digits in home runs since that 2019 season where he did hit 14. However, when Kevin Kiermaier did resign, he did make some comments saying, you know, I wanted to hit more power. I wanted to provide that impact. And look, he hit eight last year. If he wasn't really trying to hit for power, who says he can't go out and get that 10, get to 100? If you had to put a date on it, Riley, when in the season does Kiermaier hit down number 100? <laughs> uh, September 29th, September 30th. <laughs> like, so he... He gets know, the walk-off home run to put the Jays in the playoffs. All right. Those are, yeah, yeah. You can't like it's. Yeah, that's a season-long battle right there. That's not something that happens, you know, pre-All-Star break. That is a season grind. That is that is the big platinum accolade um, on his season and his career. Really, if you if you line up a hundred home runs with those defensive numbers, then damn, you could be looking at a Hall of Fame, Kevin Kiermaier. Not that I think his hitting should even be incorporated with looking at him. Um, you know. Five whatever years it takes from Major League Baseball because he's had one hell of a career as a center fielder. Which is wild. He's never even made an all-star game, but that is uh, beside the point. Hitting, man. Hitting over Powers defense Mm -hmm. every time. Every time. You're right. Uh, 57% of fans agreed with you, Riley. They think he is going to get to 100, but 43 do not. They were kind of split on that poll there. Um, I have five more to go, Riley. This one's about Kevin Biggio. And as things stands going into this season, he has a seven uh, baseball reference war for the career. I thought, does he get up to 10? Which basically means in the extended playing time that Kevin Biggio is going to get this year, does he have a three war season in him? Um, I think he does. I think he can get there. But I want to hear what your take is, Riley. I think that's very wishful thinking. I would love a two-war season uh, for him. Uh, it depends what position he plays um, and basically kind of what he slugs um, over the season. Like, I, I mean, that's important too. Um, your extra base numbers there for, for wins above replacement. And uh, if he – well, all numbers, uh, you know, attribute to having a, war, a good war. But I'd like to see some some power improve. I think that would get him to at least two war. Uh, three war is is I don't know if you want to call it a stretch, but he'll have to play you know some of the best baseball he's played since really his rookie season. Yeah, and his rookie season he had exactly three war. So if he puts together another year like his rookie year, then he'll get there. Yeah, they, and that's even that was I thought that was a great season. I thought you know maybe too many strikeouts in Cavan's rookie season, whatever year that was, eighteen. What like 19, I, 2019. I, 2019, like a lot of good things to look at in, in Kevin Biggio's first year. That's a really interesting baseball reference page on its own. And I hope he, mm-hmm. I hope he can replicate that man. Um, but yeah, uh, going to be hard for him to pull off three war. I say two. So I'm, I'm going to vote no on that one. 
Kevin Biggio is quietly almost 30 years old now, which surprised yeah, me. He'll be 29 oh, coming into this yeah. season. So uh, it's almost put up or shut up time from Kevin Biggio, but he was good down the stretch last year. I do think Kevin Biggio is set for a better year this year. Um, I'll eat my words on that if I don't. Riley, I have three pitching ones and then one about our manager. So we'll start with the hound dog, Chris Bassett. Riley, 857 career strikeouts coming into the season. Does he get to 1,000 on the year? So that's hundred. 43 strikeouts. Yes, correct. Yes, sure. If, if, whatever. Um, I think that he will do it. I think that he will do it. But again, this is going to be maybe he'll get it done by September call ups right around there. I mean, he's definitely not a super strikeout guy. We've seen how many innings he has thrown. And I, I mean, is he going to have his best year in Major League Baseball or even throw 200 innings? It's going to be close, but I'm going to say he does it. Um, but it's going to be maybe in his last three three starts. If he's – knock on wood, he's healthy and makes 32 starts this year. Um, I think I voted yes in, on the poll on this one and because mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's too far out there. Yeah, in order for this to happen, he's going to have to throw at least 27 starts this year. And that's pretty much the question this is answering. Is he going to stay healthy for the whole year? Because if he is, this is going to happen. But let's not forget. Chris Bassett has thrown a lot of innings over the past four years, 157, 181, and hit an even 200. His 826 batters faced last year led the majors. Like No pitcher faced more batters in all of baseball than Chris Bassett did last year. So maybe the arm gets a little tired. He will be 35 this year. Let's not forget that. And that could be the only thing that kind of hinders him getting to 1,000 this season. I want to root for the Hound Dog. Great guy, great player, great story. I'm a little skeptical on this one of Chris Bassett getting there. And our votes, Riley, a dead even 50-50. Some think he's going to get there. Some think he won't. So that'll be an interesting one to monitor throughout the season. All right, moving on. Drink from that Bassett from that Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Just, like, that's, it's, it's, it's a good train to be aboard, man. I have two more. This one is about Kevin Gosman, who has 88 career wins um, on the th- on his career. Now, I'm not a huge uh, fan of pitcher wins. I, I don't think they tell you much, but I think to the pitchers themselves, they care about this stat quite a bit. So 88 coming into the season for Kevin Gosman, does he get to 100, which would mean he'd have to have a 12-win season, which is exactly the number of wins he had last year. Uh, does he get there this season? Oh, you new new school hippie, you Jesse. I think a hundred wins will look hundred wins looks great, man. Um, once you have a hundred wins, uh, there are all star pitchers that have had a hundred wins. Gosman did not make out well early on in his career. Twelve wins um, is 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 great. Um, Gosman in his in the twenty twenty one year, man, did not get great support from his offense. Yeah, only 14 wins. It's it's the season. It's a career high for Gosman, but his last yeah. year in San Francisco there. Yeah. The I, offense I, hey, didn't do him justice. Well, 12 wins is 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 a great number. I think he does it. I I think he I honestly think Gosman cuz I actually Jesse do enjoy uh win stats for the pitcher because I'm a baseball boomer and I love love <laughs> stats that are whole numbers that are easy to read. Um and and I think I think he gets between twelve and fourteen wins this year. That's just my personal guess. Just throwing it out there. So yes, hundred wins for Gosman on his career coming this year. All right. Um, I hope so. 
we will see. It means he has to stay healthy and it means he has to stay effective. He should have every opportunity to get to that number. But I think, hey, he's gotten 12 both of his first two years in Toronto. Who says he doesn't get it one more time? Next one here, Riley. Jose Barrios has four complete games in his career. Um, not many Blue Jays threw a complete game last season. I just want to know, does he get his fifth? Uh, I'd love to see it. Um, I, I honestly, I, I think he, I think it's going to be one of those goes eight and a third and it's a close ball mm. game. I'm going to say no. It is. Dude, we don't let our guys go to distance. Pitchers, unless you're Sandy Alcantara, I think he's the only guy, and he has a ridiculous amount of, of complete games. But Blue Jays, notoriously in the last decade, we don't go and throw complete games. So I, I just don't – I don't think – I don't even know who I'd have money on to go a complete game. Perhaps Gosman. Uh, Bassett, I think, did it last year. I just I, – I think Brios going to have a great year. I just don't see him going a complete game. Excellent. Yeah, um, I don't think so. I think Chris Bassett was the only Toronto Blue Jay last year to be able to throw a complete game. Um, I And uh, yeah, Kikuchi never got one. He might be the only one. So in order for that to happen, it would be wild. Uh, Riley, I have one that's also might be a little bit wild here, and that is uh, our manager, John Schneider. He has been ejected four times in his one year and a half in the uh, Blue Jays, in his Blue Jays career. I want to know, Riley, not does he get to five, but does he get to 10? Are there six ejections coming for John Schneider in his big league season this year? I have, uh, we're 56 minutes into this video and I have a really mm -hmm. spicy, I have a really spicy take for listeners. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I don't think he gets to 10. I think, mm. I think, uh, I think before he reaches 10 ejections in any year, he gets the, he, he, gets the boot. I think that John Schneider oh. uh, this year or next year gets canned and does not reach 10 career ejections. I think he's got to chill out a little bit as a manager. I mean, it's nice to have emotion, but he is not um, a Girardi, a Francona, a Jim Leland. You know, he's not John Gibbons even. I, you know what? Even, you know what? No. Let me say this, you know, as good as the, the best, the best skip that the Jays have ever had was Cito Gaston. And he is one of the most cool, calm and collective people in all of Major League Baseball. He is like an A tier type skipper. The managers I like, I like hotheads, the guys that are passionate. I'd run through a brick wall for a, for a skipper like Jim Leland, Ron Gardenhire, those kind of managers. They get a little bit, and then there's and then there's the skippers like Joe Torre, Bobby Cox, and Terry Francona. And this is before the guys like uh, Madden came in and and made the pitcher hit eighth in the lineup and did weird stuff. You know, Francona was a baseball nerd; he knew stuff. Same with Mike Sosha. And those guys got the boot half the time. I would put John Schneider as kind of a hybrid mix between a, as a less intelligent Mike Sosha who was a catcher, you know, in Major League Baseball. And I don't even know what was – John Schneider was a catcher as well, right? Wasn't he a catcher? I think so, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's got the makeups there. Listen, I think that I, – I, I don't think John – I think maybe he makes it out this year. I just wanted to say that, you know, I don't think John Schneider's going to get to 10 ejections either this year or next year because I think he will be replaced at some point. And I will let you know that date – as the season rolls on. 
Riley, some spice for the end of this episode. A little treat for Blue Jays fans who are still listening at minute 58 into the show here. Um, I just have one more thing, and this was a note from our fans because we sent out a, a plea for questions, and we had one, and we're going to have a prospect episode probably early next month as we get closer to the season, as we do every year. Um, but Jesse Teresa wanted to know, uh, what lower-level prospect do you think will make the biggest jump this season, and what level will they finish the year at? Uh, Riley, I'm going to go first. My pick is Lou Brock, who is a name you probably haven't heard of much, but he is a flamethrower. He's a typical fast ball slider guy. He's one of those toolsy relief type prospects the Blue Jays had. I think he made it up to double A last year. I think he's going to get a spot in the big league rotation this year. I don't know if that necessarily counts as a lower league, uh, lower um, position on the list, but Lou Brock is my pick as a Blue Jays prospect to know, Riley. Which one's yours? Did you just say to me, Jesse, you have not heard the name Lou Brock? Uh, Lou, Lou-, Lou Brock, I hope I have the name right because Lou Brock was a Hall of Famer, was he not? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I was about to tear an absolute strip off you jesse but thank you you have recovered nicely i figured (laughs) i figured you would know who he is um i'm not a guy who knows um a ton of the you know oh my god his name is tj tj brock riley not lou brock i've got the hall of fame stuck in my head you've been you've been playing you've been jesse you're like (laughs) me you've been playing far too much immaculate grid by the way i went back and completed every single immaculate grid in in mlb since it took me a long time, Jesse knows I stayed up really late and was basically gassed for work the next day because I decided to stay up till two o'clock for like five nights in a row just doing it. I don't know, Jesse. It's really hard to say who's gonna make who's gonna make a big a big jump. I, I it honestly is really hard to say. I don't know the the guys if they're not playing for New Hampshire if they're not playing for Buffalo. Like I don't know who plays for the Vancouver Canadians. Like I'll say, like it's not. It would be nice for a guy who's been in our system, like Leo Jimenez, to get a get a big step up, or like that Manuel Beltre, uh, another mm-hmm. international prospect. But those those guys are double A type guys. Um, it, like I don't I don't pay enough attention to you know uh, short 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 season single A single A. Like that's that's almost too far away from me, Jesse. I'm. I don't get into the guts of the Blue Jays organization like you do, man. You are the surgeon of of dissecting the Blue Jays organization and knowledge. You, I will say this: I might have you in '90s immaculate grids. I destroy. I would agree. Yeah, but you, you, as far as Blue Jays knowledge of of any time, any year, you name it, you you have me beat there. So I I'm gonna just give some conservative answers and end with that. That's why we started this show, Riley. And that is going to do it for episode here today. We're going to have more prospect content uh, next month. As Actually, we're getting close to our season predictions where we go through the hitters, we go through the pitchers, we go through prospects, and then we get into spring training previous. We're almost there. We're getting there close. Um, spoiler alert for next episode. It is almost our birthday. So we're going to have some Buds and Blue Jays birthday related content coming up soon for that episode. So make sure you stay tuned. Subscribe to the channel. If you're watching us live on Twitter or Facebook, thank you. We're continuing to do so. We're going to try to go live on other platforms. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok as well. We're going to post some Yariel Rodriguez content. Leave a comment down below. Tell us what you think about the Yariel Rodriguez signing. Do you think he should be in the bullpen? Do you think he should be a starter? I want you to let us know. Leave a comment down below. All that good stuff. Um, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today i didn't mean to rip in to john schneider like that it's just a prediction <laughs> of, of mine there. if let's say the jays go th- uh 30 and 30 to start the year and things aren't clicking i think if we've decided to move him out shake the ship up a little bit it might get a kick we might get a kick in the right direction i just i think there are better options out there I mean, we got Don Mattingly on the freaking bench. You know, uh, uh, he he has had success as a big league skipper. Uh, Schneider hasn't really. 
uh, yet. I know it's early on in his career, but um, you know, I don't want to crap on him too bad. But that's 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 what I got, man. That's that's what yeah. I got. If Schneider gets fired this year, something went terribly wrong, and I really hope we are not having that episode mid-season. But we will be here for it when it happens, and this is the place to be if John Schneider does get fired this year. You heard it from us here first on Buds and Blue Jays. Until next week, guys, we'll see you later. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys.